Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. I am a coach for creative professionals, a creative consultant and podcast producer, and this is my baby. Vibrant Visionaries is a podcast where I talk with immensely creative people, people I sometimes refer to as multi-creatives because they've got so many different creative projects going on. And this episode, I talk with my buddy Skinner. So today's episode is a continuation of the conversation Skinner and I started in episode 38. So I highly recommend going back and listening to episode 38 if you happen to have missed that one. It's a really great conversation and I know you will enjoy today's. All right, let's get on with the show. It's such an interesting thing when you're approaching stuff as like, I like to share my information and I like to share things I'm into and not have it be elitist or exclusive or something, you know? And, uh, and, and I think that's like the difference between like, you know, when you walk into an old record shop or something and something you're like, Oh, do you have the new Metallica record? And somebody's like, yeah. Okay. Dude, whatever. You know? Yeah. The new Metallica record. Cool. Well, you're going to want to listen to this. You're not going to want to hear that. And they give you like some, you know, underground pretentious metal band or something. You know, it's like, like you don't want to, you don't want to like people to feel excluded. We're all sort of like trying to pretend like we know what we're talking about. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like so funny, you know, like so funny when people are like, I know what I'm talking about. You know, you're like, all right, that's cool. Like, all right. Yeah, I think that's been a really interesting sort of complicated experience for me as a coach because like, I have a platform as the podcast or like, you know, other areas where like I do want to share knowledge and mm-hmm. things that I would say I have an expertise around, but mm-hmm. I never want I never want to talk down to people or think that. I mean, we are all each other's teachers. I do think Mm -hmm. that, you know, I believe that we all are constantly learning from each other, but I'm also building a business where I want people to hire me because we're a good fit and because I have insights and knowledge and uh, things I've learned that will help them unlock their, you know, their creative potential and not burn out as much and also uh, move forward with their projects and complete their projects. Totally. So there's some balance there where I want to be, They their genius is there. I'm helping them shine a light on it and focus in on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's because of like my abilities. And so I want to share those abilities, but not from this point of like, I'm the be all end all authority on this subject and I have nothing yeah. else to learn. I am at the top of the mountain. Right. But yeah. So that balance of like sharing knowledge, but it is also- like, you know what? It is like a precarious position to potentially be somebody that people would want to seek information from because it kind of comes with this responsibility that is seems intense because I feel like everybody is always kind of like looking for the solution. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like, no, dude, it's just like a long fucked up path. That's going to take forever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do you think? You know, it's so it's like, I mean, like, that's the thing is like, sometimes people want to ask my opinion about stuff. And I'm like, as an artist or whatever, like, how do I be a professional artist or, or something? You know, I'm just like, oh my God, dude. I, uh, 
Well, uh, you know, it's like everything is is fraught with uh, so much uh, like, well, your path is for you and, you know, and Mm -hmm. my my path is for me. You know what I mean? But then it's like, but if you're asking my opinion, no, you're not ready yet. You're not professional. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, you, you don't like, I don't, I don't ever want like interrupting, like feeling like I would ever interrupt somebody's path in a negative way feels like so scary to me Mm -hmm. that I'm just like, it looks great. Keep going. Like, you know, cool stick figures. I don't care. You know, it's like, I don't know. The world is so gnarly that it's already going to like discourage them, you know? So I don't know. It's kind of funny. Like I'll just see somebody, somebody's does and they'll be like, what do you think? Do you, do you, do you like my art? I'm like, yes, it's the best. I love it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not going to tell you that it's not good. Right. You know, you know, I'm not, I'm just not because I would never discourage somebody's creative spirit from like expanding or whatever. So I admire you for, for being able to like, even just, um, you know, take the risk, but of, of, you know, stepping in and being like, look, I can help you. You know, I think that's really a brave thing on your part because I'm very paranoid about affecting people like where they'd be like, well, last week you told me that, that I don't draw Satan that good. Now I quit. Then I quit. You know, I'd be like, ah, dude, no. Right. And I think that's, yeah. And that's a really good distinction too, because I'm not a I'm not critiquing anybody's output, you know, as a coach, I'm trained to uh, expand, help them expand and refine what's most important to them. And so it's always in service of their own goals. Yeah, that's so cool. There there is interject, you know, there are interjections that are kind of like, okay, well, let's be real. You know, I'm hearing you saying this, (laughs) this, this, and you're going off on that. And you're kind of talking about other people. And like, so I'm I'm trained to recognize patterns of distraction or, um, you know, well, sounds like you're just kind of are you just feeling a little trepidatious about that? You know, yeah. and just sort of like, <laughs> did you have a lot of checks? <laughs> did you have a lot of coffee today? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I know. yeah, but the ultimately it is always to turn what you, is already within you into something more and to, to complete things that because we have so many different things that we're working on. And so yeah. it's not like you need to make this better, but yeah, I mean, certainly within that, if somebody's making art and they're on a path where maybe they've got a few months or a few years of refinement that needs to happen, yeah. that will usually be discovered through that conversation. So part of working with somebody, one of the exercises might be that, they're sharing with me, you know, or their homework might be to list out who they admire that are, are um, artists, you know, and, and one of yeah. them might be like, well, I admire Skinner, you know, he really does, you know, and so I'm not going to say, well, then be like Skinner, but I might say like, well, what mm-hmm. is it about him that you admire? Oh, well, I really like his attitude, or I like his output, or I really like this or like that. And then like to delve in more into what it is about that. And and, and so it's not going to be like they want to make art that's identical to you, but they right. seem that they see maybe that you're working with a lot of people that they're, they would like to work with. And then 
you know, one of the things that we might discuss is like, yeah, and then how many years, not that <laughs> you're not going to, but how uh, many years has Skinner been doing this, right? And oh, it's just yeah. a reality. It doesn't mean that that's going to be how long it takes for you. Mm-hmm. But just as a reminder, right? this is how many years he's been doing this. And this is how his art has evolved. And this is the kind of stuff he has done. So these are things that you can go, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm doing just fine because I've only been doing this for two years. And maybe yeah. maybe this path just takes a little longer than I'm thinking that the people that I admire, they didn't get instant success. You know, oh God, in most no. cases, that's just absolute bullshit, right? Like, yeah. so you're on his that person's radar as a, you know, quote unquote success, but they don't know what it took to get there. And so, yeah, it's definitely, it's very important for me to not say something that would discourage somebody, but it is important to reflect on what goes into building yeah. a career. You yeah, know, you and, know what? And, I, I think that yeah. I know, I know what you're saying is like, if I like, say, if I was like teaching art, and it was kids where I was sort of like, they understood that they were coming to me to be instrumental in them understanding something about themselves or whatever. I would have no problem doing that. I think it's sort of just like young people on the internet or in real life, like communicating with me about their excitement about their art and what they want to do. And then me being like, yeah, man, you should do it. And then if they go, oh, you like my art? I go, yes. Do you think I could do it professionally? And I go, "Uh, professionally, you might need a little bit more time because the kind of stuff that industries and institutions are looking for is, I think, sometimes more polished than this. Or it's not like, do you have an understanding of Photoshop? Do you know how to like send files? Do you know how to do all this stuff, you know? And they're and, and they're like, no, I don't. It's like, well, you, you're. It's going to be a little bit of time of learning that stuff, you know. And then sometimes they're just like, I've had, and I kind of stopped having those conversations <laughs> because a lot of younger people are like, "What do you mean I have to do more work?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, like you got to do more. You got to get better." You know? They're like, "What?" thanks for crushing my dreams. You know, I'm like, <laughs> right. and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, you know, and, and I've noticed that under certain contexts, say if it's a class or if you're talking to people and they're really coming to you and they really want to know something, then you could be honest with them. But then there are like people who, who are asking your opinion, but they don't really want to hear anything other than you're great. This looks great. You're on your way, kid. Right, you, you know, and um, and you gotta like be able to pick and choose the the difference of those. Yeah, and I think what I've seen as well too, like not that you ask this and you can take this or leave this, but mm-hmm. like, and you may have already sort of started coming to this conclusion, but you could also you could decide on your end to say something like, "Oh, I don't critique people," you know, and like say something as simple as that as like kind of a shutdown of like. Keep up the good work, but I don't give critiques, you know, and like that can be a nice way to say, like, keep up the good work. And this isn't something I do. Yeah, that's what I I, I said. It's not it's not my place, man. It's not my place to critique you. You're doing you're doing just fine, kid. 
Giant, giant, you know, but try to draw yeah. inside the lines, color inside the. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but it, it's it's you know I don't know. It's weird too because as time's gone on, I'm really into deconstructing the idea of what's good anyway. So totally. so sometimes I'm just like, I love it that it's so bad. You know, I'm like, yes, stay raw and weird and crappy like this. Like this is great. Like keep keep it in this zone because it's not trying to appease uh, an aesthetic that everybody has collectively agreed is quote unquote good. Like this is great, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed some of the, you know, folks that you've highlighted or Christy, your wife has shared, mm-hmm. um, you know, she has different artists that she's into and yeah. And it runs the gamut. And and same with me, you know, I actually lean towards a lot of what people would call folk art or outsider art. I mean, that's some of my most favorite stuff. And there's no way that it's all subjective, you know, but Mm -hmm. people, yeah, if people have specific goals of making it more commercial, that is a different question Mm -hmm. than do you like what you're making? So what's the goal of, of what is your goal? And that, you know, that person that's asking you, if it's just to get better, then yeah, then you're, you're not an art teacher or, or a critic, but you're somebody that they trust. And I think that's the thing, or they see you you doing something and they want to emulate it or something, but yeah, everybody's goals are different. And yeah, I mean, I love, I love, um, all sorts of art and a lot of the stuff that I love is yeah, real fringy. And then some stuff that's fringy, like is too intense for me. You know, uh-huh. it's like when I used to date Larry Rodriguez, you know, like he, <laughs> he shared with me a lot of great music and I shared with him a lot of great music. And then some stuff he listened to, I'd just be like, no, thanks. <laughs> You're like, what is this shit for me? Because so, yeah. my brain cannot yeah. handle it, you know, and that's, that is truly for everyone to, to experience on their own and how, how they are enjoying the process of their creative exploration is certainly their own experience and has nothing to do with you and yeah when we put out stuff for for other people to consume or to you know purchase if we get too tied up into making something commercial then why are we doing the thing you know right yeah that's a whole long conversation but yes (laughs) that's another one <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean I follow people who are like designers and people who do things that uh, that is commercial work or you know or being hired by companies to create, you know, ad copy or whatever like that. I don't see that d- my brain discerns that it is ad copy, but I don't see it as lesser or more or or there's no judgment on it. It's either like art mm-hmm. that I'm into or art that I'm not whether it's selling a shoe or is you know, something along the side of the road or, you know, a mural or something like my dog right now is laying very artfully on oh, yeah. halfway out of her, you know, dog bed right now. And to me, that is a piece of art. Just yes, <laughs> it is living art. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, if you just see things as part of the spectrum, it all validates the thing next to it. So you might as well just acknowledge it that it's all there. And, you know, if you like 
heavy metal music, then part of the reason why heavy metal music is cool is because there's country music that is makes it different and interesting. So it's like, you just got to like appreciate all of it and you don't have to like it all, but you can see like it all plays its role and it's all part of the thing. And you don't have to have a big judgment about it. You just sort of accept it, see it, like what you like about it. And then, yeah, keep it moving, man. You know? So speaking of keeping it moving, man, let's move into talking about what you are up to lately. Cause I know you just had, what do you call it? Do you call it a short film or how do you describe the, your, the, the recent project that just plopped out and then anything (laughs) else you feel like sharing about what you're up to these days? Uh, Budfoot was a film that I made oh, a couple years ago or something. We made it in Atlanta. My friends that I worked on that Mastodon music video mm-hmm. with, um, they and this other guy, James Sizemore, who is a filmmaker who made some horror films and stuff, they got together and were like, hey, we want to make this short film. It'll be really cool as a resume thing because they wanted to sort of do a stoner Tales from the Crypt kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, of course, love that. But uh, so what happened was not long after I quit my drawing with Skinner Show because it was um, really difficult to feel it was increasingly more difficult to feel good about what uh, my participation in that project. And I just it was just getting weirder and weirder and I didn't feel respected. So I was like, you know, I left not long after that, actually there was a giant merger. So super deluxe got bought out and then basically like dismantled. So I kind of got out just in time or whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. so I get a, uh, email one day from James, uh, Sizemore about, he's a, Hey man, uh, you want to be in our movie? You know? And I was like, what? Okay. And I kind of asked some questions And then they flew me out there and I I showed up and we filmed for three days. And it was interesting because the whole time I was there, I felt totally supported, appreciated, acknowledged, and felt like all my ideas were welcomed and seen as worthwhile and good and creative. So it was like a very different feeling than my previous filmmaking type stuff that I've Mm -hmm. done. And so we made it and it was all, there was puppetry in it. We got Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left and your pretty face is going to hell to be the voice of the, the puppet, the doll in Budfoot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Electric Wizard to give us a song for the soundtrack. And I just uh, really had a lot of fun, uh, you know, quote unquote acting in the film. And it was, I don't know. It was just like probably one of the greatest collaborative experiences I've ever had as far as acting and being in a production and stuff. And so it's 16 minutes and, you know, it'd be good to do more. I've written some more scripts. I was actually in pre-production on a short horror film before all this coronavirus stuff came -hmm. came up. And uh, I've just been, yeah, working on my little movies and stuff. I I have like a stop motion horror film that's in progress right now. My friend Ross is um, working on it right now. So yeah, yeah, just like a ton of narrative weirdo stuff. And 
my co- I, I'm working on comics. It's all short horror f- stuff, like e- old EC comics things, and you know, finishing up some commissions and um, write writing a lot, writing a lot of little scripts, and I don't know. I'm just like a nerd uh, who grew up and is just doing nerdy things. So that's, yeah, that's no, it. I love it, and I'm glad you kind of explained a bit too about what it felt like. And I remember we talked about it briefly when you were a guest in season one, and I'm calling this season two now of the yeah, podcast. Nice. Um, <laughs> Skinna on yeah, season, season two. two. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because when we're doing things with people, it's like not working and it feels like a bad relationship that you're trying to get out of or you don't even realize and you reflect on it later because you're on in a different relationship like with with these people that you collaborated with and you're like oh this feels good they respect my opinion they Uh like collaborating and experimenting with ideas i have and they seem to get me then then those are little signals for us that yeah we're like hanging with the right people and people that help us like expand and elevate um certain ideas like you write a script for something and then you bring it to people and that only gets better if you're if you're with the kind of people that really bring out your best like that yeah you just want to i think the thing is is nobody wants to be around when it seems like they're not being seen for their contributions or recognized for the, you know, what they're doing. And I mean, even on my, the drawing with Skinner show, I just felt like after a while, like every, it was almost like, are the people above the director? The director was cool. My friend, Alan, but I'm like, do these people, are these, do these people like think I'm like, begging for airtime or something because i don't care i have like a career already like i i don't like i just want to do something really fun and cool and culty and trippy and and something that catches on over time like i'm not a viral sensation you know and uh and i just felt like not it was like almost like somebody says something nice about you and then in in another room and then they send somebody to tell you that they said that, you know, they're like, no, everybody really loves you. I'm like what? Then how come then how come what, what I, it, it feels like being, you know, gaslit a little bit, mm, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, wait, so everybody really loves me. They love what I'm doing, but, they don't they won't let me do any of my ideas or do or have any guests I want on my show. And then they and then you guys are like forcing me to ask all these like dumb questions I'd hate. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, all right, dude, see y'all later. Have a good time. See you on the other side, dude. <laughs> That is the fucking worst. Yeah. And then like and then so it was <sighs> funny. And you know what's so funny is um they wanted to, they're like, well, we want to sell this idea to a network show. And my entertainment lawyer is like, okay, so the show is called Drawing with Skinner. And the contract is they're trying to sell the idea to any network. And the only thing that is negotiable is if you're included or not. 
Like you're the, you're, and, and I was like, what? And she's like, oh yeah. Like they could get rid of you and then get like Mario Lopez or some shit, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And and I was like, dude. And then, and then she's also, you know, just so you know, I wouldn't sign this. I think it's really bad. It's really bad faith. It's really. And so I just told him, I was like, all right, I'm not into it. Um, I don't want to do it, you know? And they were like, what? And I'm like, do you guys, what do you think this is like? Um, like I'm just fresh off the bus out of Idaho. Like I'm going to be a star in Hollywood. Like I can't wait. You know, it's like, no dude, I don't like you either can see the value that I bring to this stuff or you don't. And that's it. Like to me, it's real simple, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, after, you know, a couple months or a month, a couple months goes by and I'm like, you know, you know, painting in my studio alone. And I'm like, kind of like freshly pissed off about like a few things that it didn't work out that well. And, uh, and then I get the email about the Budfoot thing and they were, they were like, we had a, our actor got a real acting job on Broadway or something. It was like some, it was like, they actually had like a real actor or something. You know what I mean? Like they had like a real, um, like some real first, you know, like a legitimate actor. And then a couple weeks before they were going to start filming, the actor got a real gig. And then I said, sure, I'll come, I'll fill in, you know? And so, um, it was, it really kind of like saved my opinion. It saved me in a lot of ways, my opinion about just pursuing anything like this, that kind of stuff, you know? And, uh, and people like it there, there's something, there's a missing kind of cult horror weirdo thing that I feel like they still, there's still films like it and short films. And I've seen some cool stuff, but even Bruce Campbell, you know, they had that show, uh, evil dead, the show, the show, right. The evil dead series. And, and I was like, this is terrible. This, this is I tried to watch it and I was like, cool. They made, they made Bruce Campbell's character, Ash, like kind of a misogynistic dickhead guy or something. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like why this is not that good or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, cause I think it could be, a, I think that we underestimate what people, people are capable of liking, you know? So I've just been kind of like writing more scripts and different things, uh, humorous, apocalyptic comedy uh, situations. And this quarantine has given me a lot to work with as far as subject matter. Oh, my God, dude. Uh Yeah. You know, that just reminds me of so part of my stuff that I'm doing during the quarantine is taking pokey out for walks in Mm -hmm. this uh, area where there's a lot of in Alameda where if um, I think a lot of people would be familiar with this area, they're listening that maybe don't live in uh, the Bay area is that they shot a lot of um, Adam and Jamie Mythbusters. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when Mythbusters would go out to like where there are huge warehouses and like a lot of outdoor space, a lot of times they were at the Alameda Point, a.k.a. 
where the old um, uh-huh. bases where there's a bunch of ships out there, shipyards. And so there's new builds out there, but there's a lot of old buildings and places where the uh, military lived. And there's the, the officer's club where Brian and I actually got married there and um but there's a lot of space where there's just abandoned buildings and i don't know who to attribute this to because it was on a podcast a long time ago but there was somebody on a podcast a a long time ago like five years ago or something that said something about i wonder if these apocalyptic type movies and these zombie movies and stuff are um becoming so familiar to us that they're actually going to help us when this kind of shit really goes down in the future, because we'll already be kind of like familiar with it and feel a sense of comfort with it. Manifesting it. And yeah. And like, I gotta say going out and walking her in these places where I'm not seeing people or people are like super far away. And I'm seeing like my parked smart car and then a bunch of old decrepit buildings, but still grass. And then there's still things that are being manicured, you know, lawns. Some lawns are being manicured. Some aren't, depending on which property I'm walking on. But there is a sense of familiarity and comfort that I'm like, oh, this is just like the walking dead or like these people that are humans that aren't zombies, but that are walking far away from me. But I need to keep my distance. Like, so I have to look at them and go, okay, these people are shambling towards me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shambling like hell. They're shambling and I got to keep an eye on them and try to keep my adrenaline still in check. So I'm not like mm-hmm. flooding myself with cortisol and getting all stressed out, but I totally. do need to be aware. And it is like, it really made me think of that. Whoever said that, like, yeah, I have, I feel like I have more coping abilities because of seeing like all these zombie movies and other things that i can get like a sense of humor around it and i love mixing comedy and um horror i mean some of my favorite films are that like return of the living dead or Mm -hmm. uh you know the cabin in the woods and oh um, yeah stuff like that (laughs) yeah i just Uh, watched that one again i was like dude this is a genius concept like the whole concept but yeah no the uh the apocalypse end of the world idea do you remember a um mtv show called where are they now oh yeah totally totally okay so the idea for this apocalypse thing is like sort of a where are they now um it's like these kids have this youtube show and they go and they harangue and harass you know world star style harass old washed up gen xers and uh you know and like and there's this gen xer who's like been anticipating the end of the world so much which i think i don't know if you feel this way but maybe i'm just projecting my own experiences i have been waiting and fearful and anticipating the end of all things since i was little you know and gen xers we're all we were all kind of like the first generation that was like Yep, our parents are psychos. Uh, something ain't right here. I guess we'll listen to our gloomy rock music, you know? And uh, so it's funny because, like, as they're with their cameras going to harass this guy who's putting a billboard up, billboard art, they're like, hey, are you so-and-so from this band? Like, yeah, you know? And they're like, he's like, hey, get, get away from me. And then this comet goes by or there's some the earthquakes and shit. And then like there's all this supernatural stuff going on. But essentially the Internet's out. Everything goes back to 
it's it's the end time. There's no businesses. Mm-hmm. There, there's no any, you know, it's just you're surviving there. And so it's sort of a mix of the land that time forgot and I don't know, like the e- evil dead or something, you know, with monsters and supernatural shit, lizard men. But in this context, I'm trying to explain like the dynamics between generations. The The main character was in these rock bands and exp- and was like, like there's a lot of uh, gender stuff because from when we were growing up, I felt like gender fluidity was like kind of more co- like a common thing, even if it was just an aesthetic for popular bands. Totally. But like, but like I felt like, dude, there was already so much amazing queer gender bending stuff that was in a lot of ways really just ab- absorbed. And kind of like a part of stuff, you know? And I was like, man, this is so cool. It was so cool. I I, li- I thought it was amazing, you know? And so the main character is like kind of the, an example of, of, of somebody who's like lived a normalized part of a lot of things that are sort of like hot political hot topics or something. And so it's like, you know, there's like lizard men and a weird supernatural shit. But then there's also like concaves of paranoid boomers and uh you know trying to pretend that the end of the world didn't happen in their gated community and like you know it's like so there's like so much um like the the end of the world is sort of a like not like a backdrop but you know sort of like the structure through which uh a lot of humorous examinations on stuff can be seen and i also you know because i'm like a total liberal super freak wants complete chaos and destruction of a lot of status quos and you know mental spiritual prisons and stuff of course it's going to challenge all everything like that and and be cool but but yeah so the the so the like zoomers or the millennial kids that were sort of torturing this gen x guy like kind of get stuck with him as as he's like he's like i'll show you how to live in this world you know i've been waiting my whole life for this and i'll show you how to live in the apocalypse you know so i don't know it's um it's something i've been kind of writing but like the the thing is is uh you've seen that movie idiocracy right oh yeah okay so the, i was the, quoting it the other day oh god so it's like we're living in it. so but what's weird is somewhere between idiocracy and um real life is you know where we're gonna be at in like you know five years or something you know what i mean and so like you know okay i guess the thing is i'm trying to create a show where you know that moment where okay star trek as a concept is like there's no capitalism there's no economic political structure that reigns supreme over anything every there's no like individualism everybody sort of understands the cohesive utopian concept of of community and love and then there's like a few warlike races but even they can be kind of swayed with um you know inclusiveness and you know all this stuff well there was there has to be have been a point in human development or whatever where we were like, hey, our, you know, loyalty to capital and money is above our, our 
interest and spiritual development and love and communication and community. And like at some point, if we don't move past our love for money, we're going to destroy our planet and destroy ourselves and we're not going to, you know, proceed. And uh, so like my, this show is, you know, sort of like the idea of like, if that moment never comes, you know, and so we're just sort of stuck in this like uh, apocalypse of stupidity, a monster energy drink, nightmare, red, you know, white trash, idiocracy kind of a world. But at least it's funny and, and it, it's sort of like a vessel to get out a lot of my like whatever, like proto, you know, chaotic, liberal, pro freedom, you know, like anti ignorance anti fear concepts or whatever so i don't know i've been working on that for a while though it might just be with me for the rest of my life who knows well in through writing we you know we get to explore what our beliefs are and what what's important to us and um if this ends up being you know part of the star trek family a prequel i'm open to that as well <laughs> i know well i, I th- that's the thing is like i am an i am an idealist like i want love i want you know to believe that we can move forward and become like star trek but you know it, it, maybe not in spaceships but at least in theory like as people like where we're you know hey let's be cool man you know and uh, you don't have to pay for food anymore. I made a little machine that will like make you a little shake and stuff. Yeah. You totally. know, so it's like, you know, the idea of preserving structures that don't serve everybody because a few people make money is just uh, going to destroy everything. It's just really is. So I don't well, know. Well, on that note, no, just kidding. <laughs> We're on, not that note, end on that good note, good night. <laughs> no, I mean, because you have to, but you have to. You have to understand. I mean, they're like this. The thing is that uh, Terrence McKenna was that mushroom taken philosophical freak guy. Mm-hmm. But he says, you know, everybody gets into or was it Robert Anton Wilson? I don't know. But he goes, you know, we get into these ideas of conspiracies and, you know, people are conspiring against them. But what people don't really think about is like there's also the chance that people are conspiring for you too you know and so it's important to remember that as well yes that reminds me of an exercise that i used to do when i first started driving and was feeling that fear and panic fight or flight response to driving just because you have to be so aware and when you're new to driving of course you're hyper aware And I started repeating a mantra in my head, which is the universe is conspiring for us. Mm -hmm. And what that helped me do as a driver was made me feel like I was more in this, like seeing the veins and the, um, the flow of the traffic on and off freeways and around neighborhoods. And from uh, trips to Sacramento from Oakland as this flow of people in vehicles and that the universe and, and we are here for each other and that we can like flow here 
it, it just made me feel like it was easier to drive thinking that rather than, huh, huh. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> to kind of circle back around to that previous conversation we had about the hardwiring for happiness. So just like, yeah, that we can, our, our attitudes and the way that we express ourselves can help us uh, navigate the world and then also bring art and humor and absurdity and uh, just ideas to people through, through what we're creating. And so, yeah, I'm excited about what you're doing, no matter what form it takes, or even if it, you know, just ends up being something that leads to a different project or whatever. Yeah. It's all, it's all just good for us to, to explore our thoughts and get those down on paper or in a podcast or however we like to. communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything. I think that's the, uh just sitting down and writing something, the process of stuff is as important as a product, you know, Absolutely. You, just, you just have to remember, like, it's the doing the thing, mm -hmm. you know, like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be good. doesn't have to be published, but if you want to be a writer, you just sit down and write. Yeah. That's a, it, that's an interesting thing too, because when I work with people, of course, we're working on like finish, you know, completing things or, you know, making goal lists and meeting those goal lists. But part of that process is understanding that those goals will be changing as you move forward and as you're doing the thing. And so mm -hmm. you can think about, oh, what am I going to do a year from or where am I going to be a year from now? You may not know where you're going to be exactly. And and during this pandemic is a perfect example because so many things have been postponed or moved or demolished or whatever is that you you can't predict the future but you can decide on the things you want to concentrate now with a loose idea of where you'd like to be and who you want to spend time with and the kind of people that you collaborate with and those things help you move towards that goal so if you if you're understanding like what you've learned with working with the the people that were um on the the upper echelon of getting the drawing with Skinner out versus the Budfoot people is like there was something in you that was stirring in going like this isn't this isn't the right collaborations but you are learning by doing and then you that helps you make more informed decisions next time oh, yeah. and um, so yeah so so I like to help people finish their goals but not at the cost of. <laughs> saying, well, I put this on my to-do list. I have to do it. Because sometimes you put something on your to-do list and then realize, oh, actually something else came up that is, you know, led me to a different, more interesting goal or something was revealed in the process of doing that helped me understand that I don't want to write a novel. I actually mm -hmm. want to produce um, a screenplay or whatever. So yeah, I think yeah. That, that's really important is that it's in the doing that we discover that's all part of the process. Turn that novel into a haiku. Save yourself some time. <laughs> save, save, save yourself some time, dude. Yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. We had a good time. Let's wrap this up. Oh, I was going to ask you, but just uh -huh. before we get off here. Yeah. Have you watched Parks and Recreation? Are you a fan or... Yeah, I, I, I love it. I've probably watched like 20 episodes. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. 
Cool. I'll reach out to you on another day and see if you're available to maybe like pick one episode and talk about it or sure. It's what I'm going to be doing. And I'm really looking forward to like sharing with other people during these uncertain times, specifically like teamwork, optimism, friendship. <laughs> Le- Leslie <laughs> Nope. You got to get on the Leslie yeah. Nope. Be like Ron Leslie Nope. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think there's some good jumping off points for conversation on that show. Oh, yeah. And- yeah, super good, actually. I think that uh, that show is really genius, like super genius. Cool. All right. We could get on that. That will be cool. All right, everybody. I'll share all uh, the pertinent links to the Bud, the bud Feats and yeah. such. Yeah, watch <laughs> my cool movie, movie, man. <laughs> Thanks for being on, Skinner. Of course. Ciao. See you later. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Vibrant Visionaries and a conversation with Skinner, who I'm hoping to have back for the Parks and Rec rewatch. And speaking of Parks and Rec, the next episode that will be coming out, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 4 of Parks and Recreation with my buddy Bridget. She is hilarious, insightful, she's so awesome. And she is the co-host of the excellent podcast called Radaptations. So check out Radaptations, get to know Bridget now, and then enjoy that podcast when it comes out. Again, my name's Heidi Bennett. Thanks so much for listening. If you are interested in a potential partnership, like you listened to this episode where I was talking with Skinner and part of our conversation was about the nature of coaching. My coaching is sort of a hybrid of coaching and creative consultant. I have decades of experience in marketing, PR, and working with creative teams. And I've been a coach since 2013. And I love working with creatives. And I love helping creatives, whether they need to do a little fear conquering or just get organized with all their multitude of creative thoughts and help them get their projects not just completed, but out into the world in the way that they want to. So you can check out HeidiBennett.com for more information about partnering with me. And you can find all episodes of the podcast and ways to connect through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord, etc. at VibrantVisionaries.com. A big shout out and thank you to David Smith for helping me edit this podcast. Until next time, ciao for now. Ciao for now.